we're back welcome back to our 10th episode of the next stop is the best stop and it is my pleasure to usher in one of my best friends in the whole wide world um we're gonna bring her on today we're gonna be laughing i'm not gonna commit to any type of agenda i'm not even gonna commit that we're gonna have uh any type of focus during this episode this is fun this is someone that i've always wanted to be on our show she is a graduate of georgia tech uh we went to school together we've known each other since 1995. she graduated with a degree in industrial engineering and then went on to get her mba from unc uh um, MBA, MBA, what's the name of that MBA school? Hold on, let me get back to you. Chapel Hill. Girl. Chapel Hill. It's Kenan, where Michael Jordan went to school. Yes, Keenan <laughs> Flagler <laughs> Business School. Had to go back to her LinkedIn, y'all. Okay. Yeah. So, and now she is, she's been like 12 communication, director of communications for all her jobs. So she know how to talk. And that's why I brought her on here. Right now, she's working for MDC in the Raleigh-Durham, Chapel Hill area. She can talk more about her work, but she's also going to talk more about, you know, her life, our experiences together. And believe it or not, we've all met together when Jason was working in Raleigh-Durham. I introduced them. So we've all had, you know, connections together. And this episode is just about Clarissa Goodlit. Thank you, Clarissa. Thank you, girl. Look, that is like the best intro. Like, I feel like I've done something with my life, and I don't always feel like that. You you (laughs) Thank you, girl. Yes. Thank you. So, yeah. So, we brought you on here just to talk about you. I think you all, even if you weren't my friend, but like, that girl's so interesting. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But since you are my friend, I get to actually experience that, and I wanted our audience to really get to know you what you do, whatever you want to talk about. Clarissa's hilarious, by the way. So this episode is going to be full of laughs. I'm telling you right Girl, now. Girl, you putting the pressure on me. Look. <laughs> I had to have. I look. Like I had to have the right ammo. But you always give me the right ammo. Yes, I do. So, yeah, yeah. I'll be sure ready. There'll be plenty. There'll be plenty. Oh. So yeah, we we had a little pre-talk. Yes. Um. So let me see. Where should I? Where should I start? So look. I will say this is kind of a framing. Like, it has been a windy road mm. to get to where I am. Like, it was not a straight path. And that's something that I wish I had known mm-hmm. when I was at Georgia Tech because mm-hmm. I was, you know, engineering, very linear, mm-hmm. very plug and chug. And I thought that <laughs> was how it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And it was not like that at all. Mm-hmm. So. I have had some amazing experience, got to move a bunch of different places and work on political campaigns. And that's kind of what led me. That was a little bridge from engineering to politics. It also didn't hurt that I got laid off from my first job and my uh, first job out of college, the company imploded. Mm. And that was a super fun experience witnessing folks like yelling in the hallway you know you're in college <laughs> you in stealing stealing people's file cabinets <laughs> it was a good times no you know how yes girl you know we are college and like prepping you for the the real world i'm doing the air quotes and you just have this idea of like what your adult working life is gonna be like and I was like, these people are cutting up like in middle school. Like, I, I, yeah. I would have been fine. Like, what I was what? doing in school was fine. People just, when you're under that level of stress and the company is, you know, going downhill that quickly, 
People lose their damn minds. Oh like, fu- like, folks are legit the stealing. They were, wait a minute. Yes. They was getting ready to take it home. Like, uh, bump it. This, this, I don't, is, this I is, don't, is over. I'm about to take your computer. What, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what happened was this one lady, she was just problematic in general. But, she, well, she stole my whole cube <laughs> because I went home what? on a Friday after. Like, this is when I first started. Like, you know, I'm like 23, you know, all excited and stuff. And I went home early to move into my new apartment, like on a Friday afternoon. And we had moved into a new building. And this woman, like, we all had like a little assigned cubicles or whatever. And it was like, you know, early 2000s. So it was like, you know, the whole dot com thing. And they were trying to be all, you know, cute. We had like different colors, and, like neon color cubes and like Starbucks. Like, we was doing all the hot shit before like Google. And then it was a big deal. And so, <laughs> anyway, I took the afternoon off and I came back into the building on Monday. And I'm like on the floor and I'm, I pretty much knew where my cube was, but I hadn't, you know, I hadn't been there that long. And so I go to my cube and like all my shit is gone. What? Like I didn't really have shit, but like a coffee what? mug and my name on the thing, <laughs> like my name on the cube. But I was like, I came to my cube and I'm like, where's my stuff? And I see her stuff. She, Y'all, she had like her like pictures of her family, what? like the whole <laughs> nine at my cube. So one of my coworkers like, "Yo, isn't this where we're supposed to be? Isn't this our cube? Our little, you know, little what? little fly?" And she was like, "Yeah, girl, when she moved into yours, <laughs> I was like, oh, are you? <laughs> I was like, y'all want to go? You want to say nothing to her or and or let me know that was for that, yeah. but." Okay, oh, God. so she wasn't even at the desk. Just her stuff was there. So I had to wait for her to come back. I was like, I think this is my desk. And she's like, well, I didn't know if you were coming back. What? I like, Bitch, I've been, I'm, it's Monday. Like, I was here Friday at lunch. Yes. People do go home. People do go home for the weekend. <laughs> Wait yeah, a minute! You like, went I, home for a weekend, and she talking like I ain't know if he was gonna come. Yes, back. I left early Friday afternoon, y'all. I mean, and it's Atlanta. I could have just been stuck in traffic. Like uh, she okay. was, <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, I didn't know if you were coming back, and I just really was interested in this spot." <laughs> Like, oh, I know she had to move her stuff. Did she? Wait a minute. What happened? Did she move her stuff? Out? I think she like waited for me. I don't know what she. Like, I don't know what her deal was. I know she had moved my shit, my mug, and my nameplate. Uh, so no, I I think I I went and told on her. What? That's what you do at, at See, we would have we been, sh- been sh- sharing that cubicle. When she oh, came in, I would have had a divider up right in the middle of the cubicle. Like, are you going to sit right there? Okay. I had to go to the... I know. <laughs> she had to go. I had to go to the authorities. <laughs> move, move her chair. That is crazy. What, wait a minute. What's the name of this yeah. company? Can you say? Are they still Girl, alive? yeah. They don't even know. That's <laughs> so far gone. It was called IXL. IXL. Oh, wow. Okay. IX, well, it was like a, like a little, like, you know, the I, like before, like, there was mm. iPhone. They had the little I for what? internet. It was like an internet consulting company. It was I, then the letters X and L. And we had that building. 
Mm-hmm. Wow. Girl, they was, girl, we, it was crazy. It was a fun ride. Like, we had, I remember they had, like, a, um, this little, like, a ride. Like, they would bring clients, and there was, like, a little, like, roller coaster thing in the the basement. We had this, this bomb-ass cafeteria, and they had, like, a, uh, a bar, like, on tap beer. (laughs) And, like, it was just crazy. It, I mean, for my first job out of out of college, it was incredible, and it lasted like not quite a year. What? And so that we basically graduated in the middle of the dot com mm-hmm. bus, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Yep. Wow. So- that was your first was job. So that was crazy. First job. And they used to just lay people off in like big groups. So it was like, I think they laid off. I started on like a Monday and they laid off the big first big group of people that Friday. And I remember they just took a group of people to the to the basement and like had them. Well, actually the president resigned my first week. And then on Friday... Ooh. They what? took a group of people down to the basement and laid them all off. It was like a damn roach It's hotel. like you're being taken like, out to be <laughs> Like, <laughs> exactly, Jason. Exactly. It's like, ooh, don't go to the basement. Even the basement was like tricked out. Like, it was like a roach motel. It's like, oh, oh they have you on a meeting in the basement. <laughs> Boom, you out. <laughs> and it just, it just happened like every other week the whole time I was there. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah people... Oh my gosh, y'all. It was something else. And like people, like I said, when people start like fighting, they were like fighting in the hallway, like cussing people out. And like what? this same crazy woman, she stole somebody's file cabinet <laughs> with her CD. Her, that's how, with her CDs in it, like her R&B CDs. I think she stole some Usher, which is what, what? Pushed, oh girl, over the top. I was like, ooh, no. <laughs> Are you, but this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of when they were laying people off at the city of Atlanta when I used to work there back in 2008. <laughs> I would never forget yeah. it. They were, everybody would be quiet in their cube. And when this lady mm-hmm. would walk down the hallway, everybody like, that's your come, that's your come. And then they would, they would peek outside of their, their cube to see who cube she went into and who she led out of the door. It's like nobody Girl. did work that day because they, you knew you was going home it was, it was so it. that is crazy. crazy people will have boxes one of my friends she already had like a box already you know the um, little yes. uh file I call it she a, had, a, I already have yeah that's a go box. Go ahead. What are you saying? To go box. Hell yeah. You had one too go box. When did you have a to go box? I had one it's gonna happen. It's coming. You know what's coming. She's gonna come for you and like that point. And then they came for me. She had a box that she was like, I'm not packing my shit up later. Like, so when old girl came, HR came to get her, she was packing while old girl was talking. I was like, efficient. What? That is, so she had to come back. Oh no! That is the worst thing is when you have to come back to the come office back. to get your stuff. Okay, mm. I remember having a list of things to close out 
if I was leaving Marta. Like, I'd be like, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. And I remember going on maternity leave thinking they were going to get rid of me while I was on maternity leave. No, and yeah. and telling somebody, hey, hey, you see my name on that um that lamp? Don't let nobody get it while I'm gone. And if they... And if they if they lay me off, I want you to take that lamp to your house, okay? I remember telling somebody that, like, do not forget my lamp. I don't care what else is in here, but do not forget my lamp, okay? It is crazy. Oh, my and you God. And you don't realize how that junk does, like, imprints you for their yes. like that those first experiences because after that, like, y'all, every job, too, like, literally recently, well, not now, because... <laughs> pandemic I'm at home but I would never bring stuff to my office to yeah, like yeah. I would not be- yeah like like personal stuff like people like I think I forgot which job somebody finally asked me like why you don't have any stuff I mm-hmm. was like for why <laughs> for why no, like it really made an impression on me like I was like I'm not bringing anything to work okay there's <laughs> just more stuff to have to pack up hey man we moved when the pandemic happened uh, at my current job, I was like, I went in on a Saturday. I swear, I cleaned mm-hmm. my cube out. Them people got back to work, and they was like, Tamika, where's all your stuff? I was like, I, we at home. I, I, I went back home. I took all my stuff back home. Do you know I have not, we moved since then. I have not brought my stuff back to work. I said, first of all, <laughs> I'm not bringing this stuff back from my house. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm not doing. So I feel you on that. I want my next position to be remote anyway. So I don't want to be carrying nothing to nobody's mm-hmm. job, you know. Mm-hmm. But yep. it's just, it, yeah. it, it's, it's amazing how jobs, like, really, like, psych you out. And you start, it affects your next job. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it makes yes. you, like, so... Um, paranoid of people like after this job I don't know if I ever talk to anybody again ever <laughs> you know ever like I, they gonna think I'm a deaf mute because I'm be like I don't talk to nobody okay oh my god it does it's yeah. the same kind of trauma yeah. I think who was it we had when I was in business school they make you do all of these like you know assessments and mm-hmm. all the little personality tests and I swear I felt like a therapy session mm-hmm. Uh, because old girl was asking me about supervising folks, and the time I had like a supervisor, so I worked at the governor's office, mm-hmm. um, and I had a I was supervising a department of like six folks, mm-hmm. and um, they were all older than me, and like I think two of the people had applied for the position and oh. didn't get it, so what I didn't get to, and you know, this is experience and me me learning. Um, you know, they were kind of setting me up mm-hmm. <laughs> from right, job, right? But you know, after that, I just had a thing about not wanting to supervise mm-hmm. anymore, and I really, wow. I had to like kind of work through that. And the in business school, she was just like, "I think you're dealing with some trauma." I was mm-hmm. like, "You might mm-hmm. be right." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like, that's interesting that you say that. Like, my mother always thinks that I should have been a supervisor. She said, "You could have been a supervisor by now." And you know what it is? It's like mm-hmm. I think. Having so many bad bosses, I never wanted to be, I never wanted to supervise. Mm-hmm. And I always felt like I was going to be that supervisor, be like, I don't care when you leave, because I'm, I'm gone already. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like <laughs> I was going to be so lax, like, I don't even care where you at. You know, even with my interns, I was like, baby, just do the work, okay? I don't want to exactly. see you. You know what I mean? And it's so bad, yeah. but I, I feel you on that. Like, I really 
after, especially after Marta, I just was like, nah, I ain't. <clears throat> no, I don't care what nobody is, okay? Just don't die. You know what I'm saying? Just that, that is like the baseline <laughs> for me. Like, are you dead? Okay, the rest, I don't really you care straight? about. Are you straight? Okay, good. I'm, I'm leaving. Right. Uh, I'm leaving anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a really s- specific skill set, mm-hmm. like knowing how to be a good manager yes. and coaching and really cultivating you know, people in their career. Mm-hmm. And it's not a skill set, you know, I think most people have. Right. It's not something that people are willing to invest in. But this, you know, the structure of, you know, working in America, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not exclusive here, but it's the the way you advance your career is yes. having to, you know, manage people. And I, folks are not equipped for that. There's there's yeah. no direct path as, as an individual contributor and being a superstar at that where... You know, you can, it you know, a clear path to advancing your career, and I just right. I think that's whack, and yeah. we, that's mm-hmm. something to yeah. figure out. Yeah, like you should be yeah. able to be an individual contributor and be successful and advance your career without. If that is not a skill set that you right. are capable or have any mm-hmm. interest in cultivating, right. or if your it's, company is not going to invest in you doing that, and we don't we right. don't do that. We and that's a great point. I mean, I think that's, that's why a lot point. of people don't want to go back to the job because of those people mm-hmm. that should not be managers that they mm-hmm. have either begged for that position, sucked up for that position, or been there was nobody else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely makes you not want to go back to work because it's the work culture. It's always the person <clears throat> that don't need to be a manager. That's the manager. Oh, the always. Because that's the way, yeah, that's the way you you get ahead. Mm-hmm. And, right. you know, the, the whole cliche, you know, people don't leave jobs. They leave managers. They leave managers. People quit their jobs because of who mm-hmm. is directly right. <laughs> in charge of their destiny right. and their day-to-day life. And, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do you manage people now? No. Oh, good. I, <laughs> good. Look, so <laughs> I um have I will have um two d- direct reports coming up. Okay. Um, but not yeah. I won't have any um full time staff right now. Okay. Which you know suits me just fine. But I I feel like I've just because my experiences I've been you know, super deliberate about how that looks. And I, I did have a really good experience when I was at um, working at Carolina. So I worked there for mm-hmm. about six years okay. um, as well. Mm-hmm. And I was working with, you know, college age students. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not college, they were college students. And so I learned a lot with that. It's like, I think it's uh, really instructive and great to work with folks who were that early in their career and like yeah. really learn it because you you understand how deliberate you you need to be as a manager mm-hmm. and what your expectations are for folks right and right. laying that out yeah. very clearly I think you know people put so much um, emphasis and responsibility on you know employees to carry out tasks which is they should have some mm-hmm. but I think when you're managing folks too it's that understanding you need to be clear on your expectations right is 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 critical right. you know i learned that early on with some kind of simpler projects where the stakes weren't as high mm-hmm. so yeah. oh that's interesting that's interesting yeah. mm-hmm. wow that's wow yeah i still i know what you mean about trauma i still don't want to manage people i just be like eh, you know because i mm-hmm. even managing my kids i'm like you know what this is enough right oh, here girl. like i'm good Look. you know what i mean <laughs> that's a, a a grateful plenty yes <laughs> I, I, I always tell people i say i'm going when i finish my job 
you know, where I'm working now and then it's time to go home or time to put away the computer. I said, now I'm going to my real job where I got two unruly employees. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just be like, <laughs> Lord have mercy. I want to fire them so badly. I want to fire them. Oh, they don't never do what you tell them to do. So after this experience of being a mom, I'm like, I don't want to manage nobody. Like, I'm good. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So because I, I will say that, you know, we just got back from Disney. And I'm a planner. Oh, yeah, honey. I'm a planner, so I had to plan that thing to a T because I got my two boys and I got my husband, so it's like three boys. And so mm-hmm. planning, managing, making sure people get up on time. Are we here? Are we doing what we need to do? Do we have the book bag? Is it packed with the stuff it needs to be packed? Do you have what you need? Your hat, your mm-hmm. sunscreen. What man? Man, it's a lot. It's it's a lot. And so my hat goes lot. off to managers that actually understand the gravity. Of the responsibility, because it's a lot. It's a lot. It is, yeah, it mm-hmm. is. It yeah. is. Well, you good about so. planning a trip now? Now oh, I can go, go ahead, Jay. Go ahead, Jay. What you gonna say? No, no, I was just, I was just agreeing with you. I, I was just gonna say real quickly that I think so many of our structures, to, to your points earlier, mistake managing projects for people, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of times, yeah. you know, we have. You know, a lot of time, and I'm I'm observing this even in my current, you know, with my my current um, employer is that you have a lot of people in management positions that are great with managing projects. They can mm-hmm. handle the tasks, the yep. technicalities of that. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to actually nurturing their staff, yeah. even making sure that basic needs are being taken care of, they don't they don't know how to do that. And it gets mm-hmm. back to what you were saying earlier, Clarissa, about our it's our employers and just generally the way our corporate structure seems to be set up and whether it's public mm-hmm. or private really actually is that it we don't really we don't really focus on human we mm-hmm. don't focus on human needs right. we focus on discrete uh, projects mm-hmm. or specific deadlines of, uh, <laughs> deadlines mm-hmm. and tasks but it's always very depersonalized mm-hmm. stuff mm-hmm. and then it's the the human component that suffers but the irony is, it's the human element that's it's actually the most important. Right, in terms of exactly. Done, right, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, and it's yeah. always, I mean, it, we, and it's funny because we talk so much about teams mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. high-performing teams mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. I was like, well, who are teams made up of? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> People. Exactly. The people. team is not the project. The team right. is is people right yeah. yeah and if you have a, that kind of trust in yours your the team will make it happen like one that I've, I've had like two really amazing bosses mm-hmm. and i think like i'll never forget this like right before we had like a uh, it was about to get like super crazy and this is where i was working on a campaign out in iowa mm-hmm. and he took us to um he was just like we're gonna have this meeting we're all like you know all you know anxious and everything about what's coming up and He's like, we're going to meet, so you all come to the meeting. And this dude took us to see Elf. And, (laughs) and like, we just, like, we did, he took us to the movies. We went out to eat, like, a whole thing. And he was incredible. And it was kind of like, and our team, our team was always the highest performing team. Mm. Because our, our thing was like, we're going to do it for him. Like, Mm -hmm. that was always, at least for me. And I, I feel like that was true for the rest of the team was like, yeah, we, we got to do this for for him obviously mm-hmm. we were about the the mission and da, da, da. but it was like yeah we gotta we gotta we gotta make our man look good because he, he looked out for us yep and that's mm-hmm. what you want you want to cultivate people 
that want to do it for the boss, that want to that see mm-hmm. it as a team, that, that see they understand their role. And I think that's why in those situations where you don't have a healthy team because you don't have a healthy manager or one that manages in a healthy way, it helped to be at home remotely because you didn't have to deal with them. You didn't have mm-hmm. to bring your problems to work and they didn't. Mm-hmm. you didn't have to deal with theirs when you got to work. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. you were able to hide some of your humanness behind the screen and deal with it in whatever way you needed to deal with it because you know going to work. You know, like one of my friends was like, um, oh, she was glad to get back to work. And I was like, girl, I'm good. I don't need the macroaggressions. I'm good mm-hmm. on them. I can stay home. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't right. have to pay me for those. Those, those. I don't want. That's a freebie. I don't want. So I think. Mm-hmm. I think it really helped a lot of us kind of hide out when we don't have those sensitive managers that understand. There's that human component to managing, and and it's psychological because when you think about it, so many people managing or not managing didn't get what they needed as children, still don't get what they need as adults. So how can we expect people to manage when psychologically they're not stable? They're just not, you know, because it takes a lot of energy to pour into people, to to give them support, to inspire them to want to do and to actually see what their skill set is and making sure that they stand in line with that skill set and that passion. You know, what is their strength? You know, most managers don't look at your strengths. They're just like, we got to get this done. I don't care how you get it done. Whenever you got to come in here, you know what I'm saying? If you got to come in here in the weekend, that one, what you got to do? That's what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? They just be like that. You'd be like, I'm already dead. Like, I ain't hear nothing else you said after right. that. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, no. yeah, it's, it's really, and that's why I advocate. I have advocated on this show um, on, on site. You know, if you have people go back to work after this whole pandemic thing or during this whole pandemic thing, you need to have mental health counseling on site because the mental degradation that goes on in a workplace, people are not dealing with the elephant in the room. And it is Mm -hmm. people are just they out here wiling, they wiling and they in charge. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I feel. Are y'all back in the office? Are you back in the office? Somebody is. Not me, though. (laughs) I I am going to... I am going to stay until the governor gives, like, you know, he had them dogs mm-hmm. outside telling people y'all got to go back to work. <laughs> At this point, as I tell everybody, I am like hiding. Like <laughs> you know what I'm Jim saying? Jim Crow going back to work. Let me see. You know how many. Uh, have you walk across a bridge. Hey, you know what I'm saying? The, the, mm. the, the Pettus Bridge, that's going to be me. I am. Right. I, you know, I am like Harriet Tubman hiding out in the woods this part. You have got to pull me <laughs> back in because I, I go to work for like one or two meetings and then I go mm-hmm. right back home like cause I my boss is like you, mm-hmm. you are you going back home yeah I'm going back home because there are no point for me being here just to hear y'all talk I, I, mm-hmm. I can't get work done and he knows now he's like well some he said in a meeting once he said some people don't never come to work I know he was talking about me cause I was on <laughs> and then he said but you know the work getting done you're right the work getting done you know what I'm saying so you can't Amen say nothing and you know I had right. always complained about being in an open office anyway we were in an open office mm-hmm. before the pandemic and so I complained on my pers- my performance review. I was like, this ain't going to work. They was telling me to go into conference rooms to work. I was like, that's not going to work. It's not going to work. Mm-hmm. I need silence. And y'all over here talking about y'all dogs. And it's driving me bananas. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I do not care what Rusty ate last 
last night. I don't care that Rusty's got like a rash. You know, I do not. Oh my god, I do not. And the smell, the food, and stuff. Ooh, ooh. I thought you were gonna say the dogs. I was like, they brought their dogs. Was I don't work places where they do bring their dogs to work? They did bring their dogs once, and then they tell you that they sleep with the dogs. I'll be like, I don't need to hear this. Like I'm so at that point, I am like mentally over it. So yeah, it's just. The pandemic has saved a lot of us from mismanagement. Can we just say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, he saved Amen. a lot of us. So, yeah. But you were saying, Clarissa, about traveling. And I, I want the yeah. audience to know that not only is Clarissa an awesome communicator, director of communication, has this varied uh, career background, but she and I both love to travel. I mean, I love I to do. travel. You know, we're always trying to, before I had kids, we was always somewhere, you know? And uh, we both lived in Los uh, California at the same time. She was in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I was in Los Angeles, so I would visit her. Did you you visited me in Los Angeles, right? I did. Okay. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't. We wouldn't feed. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's another story. So <laughs> the, the backstory is is that you know I I'm on a, like a restricted low sodium diet so i typically don't eat a lot. I'll carry like a protein bar with me or something like that, and I can be a I can be rude sometimes and forget that my guests don't eat like that. And so we was, and you know, I'm a transit planner. So we was going all around Los Angeles, riding this bus, that bus, this train. And I ain't fed my friend. And she just, she looked at me. She was like, dog, we, we ain't going to eat. You're not going to eat. being a planner she is an excellent planner like if you go like i'm i'm there for the shenanigans that will absolutely ensue when we get together and i love tamika as a person but i love her because we will crack up like the my you know you have like like life law like list of laughing or like laughing fits mm-hmm. where there was like you never laughed out hard in your life yes like my top five are with tamika like <laughs> hysterics like tears stomach hurting they're always with her and nine times out of ten they're when we've gone somewhere but she had me out there cali on the bus and people were like well how was l that was i think that was my first time in la i was like i don't even know i was on the bus the whole time like i can't really tell you about la i know about their buses and i we went to venice beach and i tripped and fell I think into a booth. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) But she will, I mean, we hit all the spots. So no stone left unturned. But we went all day and I felt like, girl, you need, I need to eat. Like, do you, people eat here? Which was a legit question because it was LA. I was like, do y'all eat? Like, I see you maybe have falling into that trap but yeah, yeah. i'm still in the south and i'm gonna need some food and the sad the sad part about it is my mother came out and visited me for one thanksgiving and she did the same thing she was like <laughs> we went shopping the day after thanksgiving at torrance down in torrance the the mall the big mall down in torrance and she i packed a little snack bag for her do you know before we, i ain't getting no snack bag <laughs> oh my mother was not okay playing. let's put that she was that out there she was not playing this must have been after you visited because she was before we left the parking lot she had eaten all the snacks i was like dude that was for all the day she was like you ain't really had nothing in there you didn't have nothing in there she ate all the snacks okay 
all the snacks. So I apologize. I try to get better when I bring people on trips, but Clarissa knows. Well, I know now. She knows now. I know what it is. She knows. I'm like, we need to schedule the food. Yeah, you have to schedule the food with me because I'll forget. Like, I'll have a water and some protein bar and be like, we good. We gone. And then I'll be, and she, uh, she, girl. And then she'll harass, she used to harass me about my little water. Oh. <laughs> my little water. <laughs> Uh, oh. spritzer thing is uh, her little water um, flavor packs yeah. she, oh, yeah. she will not drink straight water I swear to god I, I, she will I not. can do it but why, but why? Like, <laughs> let me tell I mean, you I will but why she, we went on every trip she would have these little packets stuck everywhere in her bra her socks <laughs> her purse <laughs> I mean, we be getting out of the car. The whole packets are like spilling out in the road. I was like, "Is it that serious to have nine packets with you a day?" And then she get to the table and she'll shake it a little bit so it go. She'll pack, 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 and then she'll pour it in there. And I'm like, "Why do you need flavored water packets?" In bulk, like I could never understand it. Like we would be going oh, somewhere, and she'd be like, "Oh well, yes, can I have like some water?" And I'm like, "I'm looking for water." And then, well, you know, they're going the packets coming out the bra, like, and she's sprinkling it in. Lord, help me! I told her next time we go, it's just certain things. I'm like, "Nah, real." Some things are not gonna change that, and sandwiches. Also, not she hates. Well, oh the technology God. has advanced because now they have like squirt bottles. Oh, oh so, Lord, please don't bring them. I have no, to bring my my packets. You, as you can see, we, we are foolish when we go traveling. But she has this obsession, <laughs> Jay, with like it's not even obsession. I just like them. That's what I like. No, no. We could, let me let me say something. We could be going to a, a, a restaurant that served Kobe steak, Kobe beef steak. Okay. And it's like some that this is the famous place to go when you go visit, right? The waiter will waitress will come and say, um, "May I take your order?" She's like, "Yes." Um, do you have like a club sandwich? It's always some club sandwich. And that's, I'm like, "Wait, is that the club sandwich? We get the Kobe beef sandwich of choice, and you are ordering yeah. another club sandwich." Let me defend myself. Go ahead, finish. I'm this, this, she, she orders this club sandwich, back. and let me tell you, she never finishes it. And I'm just like, she always has a to-go thing. You know, always has a to-go thing, and I just be like, why you That's keep getting the fast. same thing and not order and, and then don't finish it? Like that drives me crazy. And she ain't, she could not be on vacation with me. I could see her pictures up on Facebook, and I'd be like, did you order a sandwich today? Where you went? Did you, she just got back from Vegas. I said, "Did you order a sandwich today?" Hell yeah, I did. <laughs> and tell you, we I, we go to an Indian restaurant. She be like, "Do y'all have an Indian club sandwich?" Let me tell you. <laughs> Let me tell you. Every day, all day, she will ask. She will ask, honey. She will. I cannot stand it. Uh, we're we're planning a trip to Paris next year. Let me tell you. Oh, oh the big ba- baguette. Please. Girl, stop. <laughs> First of all, all that fresh bread, and you think I'm not gonna get a sandwich? Oh my god! Oh Lord Jesus! I don't know if we can be able to do this because I'm not. I girl, oh my God, she gonna be ordering now sandwiches. Now can I just kind of defend myself? Uh, go, ahead, go ahead, go ahead, defend yourself. Go ahead, so defend yourself. I 
have an adventurous palate. Like, I will try anything. I, eat, like, eat lots of different foods, but I'm going to get a sandwich at some point. Every like, time. Like, we're, like, we're, like, we go to a restaurant or whatever. I'm going to eat whatever, try the new things. But at some point in the trip, I'm going to get a sandwich. And if, like, there's, like, an amazing sandwich, I'm going to eat a sandwich. It, oh, <laughs> if, she, if she's right, she'll ask, like, did you get a sandwich? Yeah. I was like, yeah. yeah. Not every time. But I went to Vegas. I got I got a club sandwich. Yep. It came back to the hotel room. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. I ate yep. I ate it later. Yep. yep. Yeah. See? I'm about See? a club sandwich. She, all the time. It's the best. All the time. So you have is we're like freaking frat. She I got a protein bar and that's for all day. She got this half club sandwich in her purse all day. You know what I'm saying? That's freaking frat. That's what we do when we go on vacation. So I, I suspect when we go to France next year, I'm going to have a French wow. protein bar. And she's so going to have a baguette yeah. in her purse. A, baguette. <laughs> a, a half-eaten baguette. That's Part what it's going to be. Out of the purse. Right? Yeah. Oh, my God. But we, we really yeah. enjoy it. Where have we been? We've been to Yosemite together. Um, oh, yes. God, we've been to... God, where she tried been? to get us eaten by a bear. Oh. <laughs> oh no! And the uh, no Chicago. And so you should know about Tatamika that she's really into like the supernatural. Yes. And <laughs> ghost stories. I am not like not at all. Like I am terrified. Like I don't do this, but because that's my girl. Yes. I will go along with these things, and then I will not sleep <laughs> the rest of the trip. And not just the trip, like days later. Like I remember Tamika yeah. came to visit me at Ooh. home. Like, yeah, yes. when we Virginia or Raleigh, another she had no, it was Virginia. You can't. This is like the end of college. Yeah, yeah. Like, cause we yeah, when I think we graduated, I was in Virginia, and she comes and she brought. She'll bring her little supernatural paraphernalia with her, like her books, and <laughs> you know, she still was want to go find all the you know the ghosts haunted yeah. houses and stuff. Yes. she had some book and i don't know why i felt <laughs> like i needed to like throw thumb through it like i was like i'm gonna look at this shit why i'm reading this thing well after tamika left can i tell y'all i had to go lay down in my mama's room on the floor because i couldn't sleep <laughs> i was like why did you do this she had me on ghost tour we went to chicago yeah, we had a ghost tour. she had me on this ghost tour of chicago yeah. And I was like, I didn't, I didn't sleep again for the rest of the time we were there. Oh, and God. for a few days later, yeah. like I still am not that excited about going back to Chicago. Oh my God! To be I, honest, we went on a Chicago girls tour. It was awesome. It shows you like where Al Capone hung out, and I oh, like okay. you could feel the yeah. spirits, Jason. And like mm-hmm. I, oh my God, mm-hmm. I went, and I haven't changed because I just got back from in October from Philly. Uh, Baltimore and uh, uh, was it DC? We took a me and my friend Matilda. We took a, a ghost tour in Baltimore. It didn't do enough for me. I ended up walking off because I was like, "This lame right here." Y'all ain't showing me no Not real. people were dead. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I, I didn't feel no spirits up in there. But, right. But let me tell you, the best, one of the best ghost tours, and I actually have to take this next one. But the best ghost tour 
was in uh, Savannah. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. good one. You, they take you back to the Savannah Square, which uh, was then the outskirts of the city, and it's where mm-hmm. all the slaves were buried, right? I knew it was going to be, and that's yep. it. You, she, yep. loves, she loves the, in, the slavery, <laughs> <laughs> those mm-hmm. ones with the ancestral stuff, yes. so you'd be feeling all some yeah. kind of way. Yes. I never, she was supposed to go and do that stuff in cities I live in. I'm like, no. <laughs> Cause I live here and I won't be able like when she came to San Francisco. I was like, absolutely not. Yeah, we didn't do you one in go, San Francisco. I got, Cause right. I got to live here. Oh and she, anywhere I want to go back to, I'm like, nah. She wanted to do one in New Orleans. I was like, no, cause I like the city and I want to be able to visit again. Well, interesting. So, I had no. to I had to go to New Orleans by myself in 2019. I went for a conference, got off of the plane, right, and reserved a tour of the uh was it i forgot st louis cemetery number one that's where madame laveau is buried that is the mother mother of voodoo let me tell you Mm, don't go there trump i did that oh lord jesus but this was awesome because you know nicholas cage has bought up a plot you can see his pyramid that he built like i love so anybody that listened to the last previous episode episode number nine you'll see that i talk about my love for genealogy and this is where that's connected back genealogists love cemeteries and i love ghost stories and i love stories about like slaves and stuff like that clarissa a lot of my friends, they do not. Another thing I did in Philly uh, <laughs> is I went to uh, the the Mutter Museum, which is a museum that it really talks about or like displays kind of morbid past, you know, surgeries to people. Like, what did they do to mm. conjoin twins? What did this is? I love this type of stuff. <laughs> people with two heads mm-hmm. and like you know feet or people that are small people. What did they? How did they operate on them? In the pet my friend Matilda was so fed up. She was like, "Girl, uh-uh, I'm sitting in the lobby for you," and she did just that. So it was. I haven't okay. changed. I haven't changed. I will we'll do it that. for her, but yeah, we'll yeah. Sit outside. You gonna like, be I'm mad not going? And <laughs> you you gonna be mm-hmm. mad about like, about France? What I got planned for France? You know about the catacombs, it. right? Yo. Girl, yeah. you think I'm going <laughs> under some underground? Damn. They bury everybody uh-uh. underground. In, in France back in the day and so it's just bones it's just like a tunnel of bones uh-uh. okay so I guess she won't uh-uh. be going to that but it's one of the famous <laughs> no, things girl, I'll be somewhere with my baguette <laughs> your little half eaten baguette yeah figuring, <laughs> figuring out my, sal- my sandwich, sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> but my, thank you Jason with, with my sandwich, sandwich. exactly <laughs> And, and I will support you and wait for you to come out. I my mother will not go nowhere with me anymore. I will say that she is done with me. My husband, he is done with me. Like we are planning our tenth anniversary trip, and so he wanted to go do start off. He wanted to start doing yoga. He turned fifty, and so uh, I decided. Oh, you know, I didn't get I, that. Could you try again? No, Siri. Why is she see she listening to us? Siri no. Siri no. Some shenanigans. Exactly. <laughs> she know what it is. <laughs> but we are trying to go to like a yoga retreat. So I found the best yoga retreat. It's in the Olympic Mountains in Washington State, like where Twilight was filmed. Oh my God. And so you can do <laughs> yoga. Exactly. Werewolves and vampires. So you can <laughs> do like yoga in the in the Olympic Mountains and you can like forest bathe in a lake and do it's like so awesome right you're like really into this meditative state and i showed it to my husband and he looked at it and he was like that looked dangerous i'm good i'll pass on that (laughs) 
he was like, it's just like you to get us out there talking about, well, I ain't know it was going to be bears out here and stuff. My husband... You- does not mi- he, does, he, he does not deal with me. Let me tell you. So I usually you have to lie to get him bears. to go somewhere. I know, right? Me and the bears. Every time I see those stories about these wild animals, <laughs> and I feel like the beginning of the pandemic, it had gotten ridiculous and fools fighting like kangaroos and bears. I was sick of you. Yeah. And how you want to be so close to nature. We went to Yosemite. <laughs> she out there like, hope we see one. I was like, why? <laughs> For why I know, I like, know. is this nature here? These these uh stationary trees, these oh big redwoods, that not enough for you. I know. It's I was like, bad. I feel closer to God already. I don't need right. to see Him. Right? Me. I'm good. Right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So what about you, Jay? Do you like nature like that, or you try to keep it kind of safe? You know what I mean? I don't. We've been on a trip before, but they've always been always been urban. You and I. So yeah, pretty pretty much urban. Yeah, actually, I, I do like getting out into, mm-hmm. you know, into nature. Uh-huh. I would probably prefer to see the bears from a distance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Know, you know. But, you know, right? Because you want to live and stuff to see another, <laughs> right, to see right, another, yeah. some more nature. That's right. Okay. Okay. Well. Okay. But but you know hiking and you know. Oh, you like to hike? Doing, okay. Do the. Oh, you don't said the wrong like thing, that. brother. They got a partner right there. I love to hike. As long as there's somewhere, you know, there's there's somewhere to you know take a break. Yeah, gotta eat though. Gotta eat. I gotta know. Make, gotta I know. Right. Gotta, gotta remember that part. You know, my husband. He we went and climbed Kennesaw Mountain like during the pandemic. You know, Kennesaw Mountain ain't nothing. You know, you can go up there. That's no problem. He was like, man, I ain't trying to. I ain't trying to do that no more with no kids and stuff. They running around and stuff like that. He said, I like to stay on flat land when I got kids. I was like, bruh, you be making up stuff. He just be making up stuff. Talking about flat land for right now. Uh, high land when I get sixty. And I'm I'm like you ain't even gonna want to go nowhere in, you know. So nobody uh, but Clarissa can hang. So far, my mother has hung it up. She's like, Nah, girl, I can't go with you no more. That's why you got married. <laughs> and my husband will only go somewhere where he feels like it. He can get to the police in time. You know what I'm saying? Like he won't get, okay. he won't go nowhere too isolated uh, with me. Um, but I like stuff like that. I like adventure. I don't know why, but my dad. You know, when I was out in California, speaking of lions and stuff, I went camping with my friend Matilda. Again, Matilda got me into camping. And we were going camping in the Santa Ynez Mountains. That's out there by um, where Michael Jackson had Never Neverland or wherever his oh. place was. And mm-hmm. I didn't know it was either that time we went or we went somewhere else. I can't remember. But I didn't know that there was reports of loose mountain lions in this area until I got back home and my daddy, he real quiet. He don't really talk. He don't, we don't, we talk like once a month because <laughs> he don't say nothing. <laughs> and he, he, he got on the phone with me. My mom said, your daddy want to talk to you. And I was like, oh, he probably want to hear what I, what I learned, you know, camping. He, he got on the phone. He was like, hey, I, I just want to tell you that we had heard some reports of mountain lions. And I, I, I'm going to be honest. You don't really need to be out there. He said so much to me. You would have thought I had gotten pregnant out of out of wedlock. You know, and he it was so bad that I knew that if I died 
camping and some mountain lion ate me that he was not going to pay for my funeral. Like, he probably wasn't even going to come because he was going to be like, she out there getting killed by them mountain lions. I ain't paying for the damn funeral. You know what I'm saying? So, it's... Exactly. Like, I tried to tell you. You know what I'm saying? I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. So, at, at this point, I tried to, like, keep it kind of, I got kids so I ain't trying to die like a weird way you know what I'm saying so I try to keep it hopefully <laughs> that's so that's nice of you yeah like I'm not trying to like <laughs> traumatize them yeah regular way you know what I'm saying I'm not trying to traumatize <sighs> them and be on TV and stuff like that with my daddy on in the background talking about she shouldn't have been out there that's what happened when you out there with them wild animals you know so but yeah your impression of your dad is my favorite thing in life but go ahead <laughs> I know right that's a whole nother episode that man that's right all, there that's another episode he, he needs his own reality show. I think most dads need. If all three of our dads mm-hmm. got together on a reality oh, show, that, like that th- so three old yes. black men, oh, let me tell you, we would be oh, gazillionaires, okay? Because the stuff times. that they say. But um, mm-hmm. I will say that we know. If, if one thing that we all have in common is college at a PWI, and that is a predominantly mm-hmm. white institution. And that's one thing that we all have in common that we can kind of talk about amongst ourselves. What was that like? Because I think we all went to PWIs for undergraduate and graduate. So what was that mm-hmm. like um, for you? Because the reason why I ask is I have a cousin and she applied to all PWIs. She didn't apply to any mm-hmm. um, uh, historically black uh, colleges and universities, even though her dad like went to Morehouse. So, um, I was wondering, kind of like in the time of Trump, what do you think it's like or how would our experience have been different now that things have changed? Things a lot, Racism is a lot more blatant and is not as covert as it used to be. People are a lot more vocal about how they feel about certain groups of people. Going to a PWI, what advice would you give to students now, uh, students of color going to PWIs or considering them? Would you in the, in the times that we live in now, you know, because I'll start it off. I know um, it helped for me going to a PWI having a summer program that kind of oriented mm-hmm. me before <clears throat> I got on campus. It gave me yep. a chance to mm-hmm. have connections before going on the campus. It gave me a chance to develop friendships before going on campus mm-hmm. um, so that I wouldn't feel so isolated. And that program is called Challenge, the Challenge Program. Mm-hmm. Um, our current mayor, uh, Andre Dickens, was both Clarissa and I, he was our challenge counselor. So he Shows was counselor. Yeah. So we had, mm-hmm. you know, upperclassmen that were the, ch- the counselors for incoming freshmen. Where do you go when you need this? How, right. What's the best way to study for tests? Don't do this. Do that. You know, learning how to be responsible uh, on campus. You're 18 years old, you know, and you're coming and you don't look like everybody else. So being in that type of program really helped me. Um, and, you know, my cousin, I think she just committed to University of Tennessee uh, at Knoxville, which is the volunteers. But her first choice, I believe, was University of Alabama at Tuscaloosa, which I was like, oh, girl, I don't know. You know, I don't know uh, the days that we're living in, how that would be for Mm -hmm. a young black woman. But what are your thoughts on that? You know, PWIs for students nowadays, because, you know, some people have been saying that we're going back and a lot of students are choosing Mm -hmm. HBCUs. Mm -hmm. I've had that. My mom and I have had a lot of those conversations and my nephews are 
um, you know, starting to think about college. My oldest nephew is is sixteen. Okay. Um, and then I, most of my family have, have gone to, you know, PWIs, mm-hmm. and I think my grandmother went to an HBCU. But I mean, that, the, those are the options. Yeah. She she had to. Mm-hmm. And I'm I. Well, I was going to say I feel conflicted, but I actually don't. I, looking back now, mm-hmm. I often feel like I, I wish I had gone to a HBCU yeah. undergrad. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, when I was, we were, you know, making decisions about colleges. And I, I think, I don't think I had a sense of the distinction between, you know, PWI and an HBCU. I just was like college. And it's funny mm-hmm. because when I think about like, you know, us of, of this age, you know, our, sh- our show was a different world. Mm-hmm. And, like, I just had ingrained in my mind that that was what college would be like. And I was, mm-hmm. like, you know, excited to go. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think I ever put together that the experience that they were having was unique to them going to HBCU. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I didn't right. pick mm-hmm. that up or whatever, either. but I yeah. just think I was just like, that's what college is like as mm-hmm. a, you know, a black student. And mm-hmm. I didn't put it all together. And then maybe at some point I thought that, but I was just like, well, I'll be in Atlanta mm-hmm. and I have yeah. some, I have proximity. Yes. yes. <laughs> So it will be, it will be close to that. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't. Amen. What? In the hell? Like, where did I, where did I go wrong? But then I also think, you know, we were of a generation where it was drilled into us that, you know, if you want to be successful in your career, that not just with college, but in life, like you need to do stuff that is, you know, what the majority is doing, what white people are doing. That is what you need to do to be successful. And so, and that was the same thing that was ingrained in, you know, my father. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're, they're telling us what they know and they've been told is mm-hmm. the right thing to do what our counselors and those kind of things but yeah a lot of times if i'm if i you know had to do it again mm-hmm. i would have chosen differently and i like i have i hear other people talk about their undergraduate experience and i kind of think about it too the the fun pieces mm-hmm. of it like mm-hmm. the cultural experience but then also what i regret about Jordan is the support yes like Right. I just feel like that nurturing, the cultivating, the like support, like you have, you know, faculty and staff mm-hmm. and a, a culture of people looking out for you and wanting right. you to be successful. Right. Like Georgia Tech was void of all of that. Yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I'm like, that makes you tougher and da 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 da. Fine. But, you know, at what cost? Yeah. Like there's right. a, a, a cost right. to that. And I think, there's, you know, exactly. a level of confidence that I may have had coming in my career. Mm-hmm. It might have been different had I had that level of support as a, a an undergrad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, amen. I, I second yeah, all of that. Absolutely. What about you, Jay? Yeah, no, I I I think, and maybe it's interesting that we're talking about this because, and I don't know if it's because of the we're getting to that time in our lives where you kind of start thinking back on, you know, reflecting on some things in the midst of the current, I guess cultural kind of context that we're in mm-hmm. and it's funny that we're talking about this because I was, I was actually having a similar conversation that you all are having with other family members as well and for a lot of the same reasons you know I do think about that a lot like how how would my experiences have been different how have how would that have affected some of the challenges that you experience as you know as a 
recent graduate going out into the work world and understanding that you know that you have something to offer and to bring and to not always feel like others and i know everybody experiences this to some extent i think across you know the spectrum but i think that you know as people of color there's another layer to this where you feel like you are having to you know there's always this element of having to prove or feel like you have to prove your your worth mm-hmm. and your value and Absolutely. um and also to to have your voice heard i uh-huh. mean i i'm still i still experience this now uh-huh. where you are trying to communicate ideas that may be challenging you know to others around you and you feel like you cannot be heard and then when others come around others who may um who may be white uh-huh. or who may um be, may be an environment where certain kinds of experiences are more valued than perhaps say those with a planning degree you know there's an uh-huh. element of that sometimes yes. depending yes. on where you're working and you know they may voice the same ideas that you've had and suddenly it's 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 um it's respected and it's heard and it's like well wait a minute mm-hmm. you know it's like this there's this constant feeling of being gaslit which is like we could probably mm-hmm. spend a whole you know <laughs> afternoon talking about right. you know those kinds of experiences but i think that like you were saying clarissa that and this is something but that i when i talked to my parents they both went went to hbcus mm. morehouse and spelman and you know it's funny that they were wanting me to just go where I could get the best, well, first of all, find the opportunities that line up with, with your interests. Don't mm-hmm. feel like you're limited mm-hmm. by anything, right? If, if you need to go to wherever you think you need to go to pursue your, 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 the vision that you have or the interest that you have. But that also embedded within that is going for an institution that had resources, mm-hmm. right? And yeah, they yeah. can offer scholarships and the kinds of support. And so I think I think there's another that's an element of what you were saying too, Clarissa, about going after institutions or opportunities where you it appears that there's going to be a certain level of financial support uh-huh. where you know, where you can get, get different kinds of grants and get different kinds of um financial kinds of experience, you know. Where, sometimes at the expense of some of those other kinds of support that ultimately are just as if not more so mm-hmm. um valuable for the formation of your of your interior identity and supporting that um and so that's something that we you know you, it's it's difficult to kind of look back on and figure out what the right balance is but yeah but i agree though there are times when i wonder how things might have been different had i gone to another type of institution and um and it's not that I wasn't interested it's just that I kind of went with I went with whoever wrote the check Mm -hmm. (laughs) right right who was writing the biggest you know the check and it lined up with the interest and it's like okay well I got a good scholarship here and you know maybe you know I'll try this and if you know I could always you 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 know you you always kind of tell yourself that oh well I can always transfer if I don't right things don't work out right here Right. And then, but of course, it's never quite, you know, that easy, right, going right. forward. But Because I, my mother went to an HBCU. Um, and so I just think that the atmosphere is different. 
the support is different. I do believe that the dorms are not that good, <laughs> you know, uh, because they don't get the amount of state support that they deserve. You know what I mean? And so um, sometimes registering for class can be hard, you know, that sort of thing. Um, some of the things that we take for granted at a PWI, you know, that doesn't get taken care of at an HBCU. So I think those are things to consider. But all in all, the way things are in today's society, the microaggressions, the things that happen when you are the only one or when you do stand out, hands down. If you can find a, uh, a HBCU where you can have the support and you can have the financial support, I say go for it. Hands down. Most definitely. I wouldn't, I would not yeah suggest anything less you know what i mean I, and then you go to your pwi during your grad school you know definitely any other thoughts on that yeah yeah i just really feel like it's um uh, something for children to consider especially when they're leaving home and they may not have the support that they need you know um, it's, it's wild out here, you know what I mean? And you're going to have enough microaggressions at work. Mm -hmm. it, you might as well make college fun, you know what I mean? I hope my, my children can enjoy the option of a HBCU because there's nothing like it. There's nothing, nothing ever like it. You know, keep your grades up, maybe do three years at a HBCU right. and then transfer into the PWI. That's also an option, you know, so, um... Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to get you guys' perspective on that, yeah. you know. I didn't re recognize the... Hmm? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you... I, the whole... I didn't appreciate the, the beauty of the dual degree program. Yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like we were uh, trained to, you know, think that was somehow lesser. I'm like, that's all part of the whole white supremacy thing. Yes, but, yes. But, um, yeah, like, now I'm like, that was an excellent... Excellent program uh, excellent to program. get the best of both worlds, and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah that was yeah. a missed opportunity. Yeah, actually, I've heard that they've stopped the program at least from the AUC pipeline. Um, I asked my cousin about it, she's a professor at Spelman, and she said they actually stopped sending their students to, to Georgia Tech, they now send their students to oh, Michigan really? because the students didn't feel welcomed, they didn't feel they felt very isolated. And so, as a result, Georgia Tech's black population. I believe that. Yeah, their black population has, mm -hmm. is now 8%. You know, when we were going, it was like 10. And so, there are even less black students on campus and probably less black athletes as well because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the athletes uh, choose to go to HBCUs. They go somewhere where the, the, maybe the curriculum is not as hard. You know, they go to Georgia. They go to mm -hmm. Alabama, you know. Um, so, there's, there's a lot to consider, I think, for students when they mm -hmm. are entering a place, you know, where they are the extreme minority. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, that's, I, I wanted right. to touch on that because right. we've all well, had it's that funny you bring up the, the back, the athletes, you were talking mm -hmm. about black athletes mm -hmm. and I, you know, I was, I've been at Carolina for mm -hmm. like six years and was mm -hmm. there at that whole time when mm -hmm. they, um, uh, the whole thing blew up about mm -hmm. um, the football team and, you know, the fake classes and the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But it's really interesting. There's a, de a there's a deliberate 
um, approach to isolating black athletes from the rest of the population of mm. other black students. And it's not like, you know, we always, I know when we were at tech, we used to just chalk it up to like being an athlete and, mm-hmm. you know, being focused on the sports, which I think that's part of it. But I think really it's also to keep them from being, you know, activists, from creating a bunch of Colin Kaepernick's. Ah, I think ah. it's a deliberate thing to keep them isolated mm-hmm. from other black students so that they are not, because they, they know those, those, those athletes have influence and um, to keep them from being connected to, um, you know, any kind of movement or rumblings or anything like that. I think that's a deliberate um, thing that happens to black athletes at, um, predominantly white institutions because mm-hmm. there is there is a history and a tradition of black athletes being outspoken mm-hmm. about you know mm-hmm. those kind of issues and being on those campus and they know that those folks are you know are leaders and so I I think it's it's on purpose I don't think it's just like a mm. you know something I never thought happens. about that so mm-hmm. yeah I yeah I think it's absolutely that. intentional wow mm-hmm. okay interesting interesting yeah I um I. I really implore students to do their research, you know what I mean? Go where you're supported. If you do go to a PWI, make sure that they have a program for minorities uh, where you go pre-freshman, early inter-freshman, so you can know where the support uh, pillars are. You can know you already kind of got a good handle because it's it's a lot as a freshman, you know what I mean? It's a lot to handle and then kind of being one of, you know, a few um, doesn't help, you know, so um, I know there's nothing like the quad uh, at a HBCU. We never really had a quad. <laughs> did we, Clarissa? No, nah. nah, we really didn't have no. a quad. They uh, had the couches, the couches, the, yeah, <laughs> the, student, the student center, center <laughs> and that is it, you know what I mean? And so yeah. we didn't have like an area to congregate. And I think that's also missing, too, mm-hmm. that you find someone that's like you, that's probably come from the same background mm-hmm. as you, you know, and not all black people are a monolith. I'm not saying that, but most of mm-hmm. us come from similar backgrounds, you know, and so it ha- helps mm-hmm. to kind of have that familiarity you know um Mm-hmm. I actually yeah. would like to have a person that's white that's been to an HBCU and how their experience was. That actually would would love to hear that. Yeah. So if you guys know anybody, some, yeah. some Maggie's from a different world, yeah, right? They got rid of her after the fir- yeah. after the first season, but you know, right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> she was there. Exactly. Like, how is it going to Morehouse? School of Medicine. How is it going to Howard University Law mm-hmm. School? Um, you know, oh, you need to get some undergrads because that yeah, is the true. thing. Yeah, like, the if you find, yeah, yeah. The, the graduate schools are, you know, at HBCUs that's are true. like populated by white folks. Care uh, Central North Carolina Central's Law School oh, is that is like the school du jour for uh, yeah, white white point. students and particularly. Uh, white politicians in North Carolina. Really? Law school. Yeah. More orthodontist. I think she went to, um, yeah, but that they, yeah. Okay. I did not know that. Well, yeah, Mm -hmm. we do need undergraduates, especially ones that pledge, uh, uh, sororities and fraternities, you know what I mean? Now that would be interesting. And I I was going to say, that's what made the PWI experience different for me. I think uh, pledging is what, made the difference yeah yeah sure. right yeah. right and i live vicariously through clarissa because i didn't pledge <laughs> but that helped it helped to have mm-hmm. that amount of community it helped you know what i mean because yeah. mm-hmm. that was really 
who all there was no other group outside of the athletes and uh you know the sororities mm-hmm. and fraternities there was no other black gathering at a pwi you know mm-hmm. whereas you go to hbcu mm-hmm. it's all kind of cliques you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so i think we definitely missed out on that part, yeah you it's know? a reason to come back yeah so reason to come back like we 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 go to yeah. homecoming events but we only go to the black homecoming mm-hmm. events we never participate like in right we never go to the game like who going to the game like who doing that you know what i'm saying we never participate in like no i just go to the uh, uh yes the, yeah, the the, the tailgating, the tailgating mm-hmm. right? You know, they cooking out and stuff. So, you know, like, Jason, do you go to your homecomings <laughs> for, you, <laughs> for your PWI? Do you go go back, you know, to your school? No. Um, yeah. No, no. It's just like you. It's not really. It's go not ahead. really a thing. Go ahead. Tell us. You ain't got to lie, Craig. Go <laughs> ahead. Tell us. Yeah, I don't get it. I get it. You're lying, yeah, Craig. No, I mean, no th- you're right. I believe it. I mean, yeah, it's just not even. It's not even really a thing. I do keep up with some folks, you know, like on LinkedIn and stuff like mm-hmm, that. Just, mm-hmm. You know, folks that I had um, foreign friendships with, but um, yeah, it's just like you said. Most of the homecoming experiences have always been, you know, through other friends, like at Howard or Hampton right. or right. Fam, you mm-hmm. basically everywhere else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everywhere else. Mm-hmm. It's so, you're right. It's so yeah. funny. Like we used to go to like A and T's homecoming, North Carolina A and T's homecoming. Like that was a thing, mm-hmm. like in high school. But I I go back to homecoming at Georgia Tech f- to see like my when we have like line Greek sister. anniversaries yeah. or line line yeah, line nice. anniversaries, yep. and I I've mm-hmm. seen it dwindle down. Like most of the people who come to homecoming, like Tamika and I, like I go to Atlanta to like you know, see Tamika and my mm-hmm. friends and stuff, but like as far as like actually being on campus at, you know, Georgia Tech, it's mainly the folks the older we get, it's yeah. mostly folks who who are who are Greek. Yeah. Um yeah, who consistently right. come back mm-hmm. and they're coming back to commune with the other, mm-hmm. you know, Greek right. folks. So right. right. It's yeah. true. It's yeah. true. Yeah. It is definitely, definitely true. So I, I would just implore people to just do your research and make sure you're going where you're supported and um, you, you're you going to have enough uphill battles, you know, um, and get the support that you need, whether you decide to go to HBCU or PWI, make sure you go where you're supported and where you're seen and you're wanted, you know, so because I, mm-hmm. I, I, I know I would have been a different person going to fam, honey, you couldn't tell me nothing, okay? I probably thought, I, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you couldn't tell me nothing. I know that I probably would have been in Glee Club, you know what I'm saying? I know I would have been singing some gospel songs, you know Yes, what I'm girl. You couldn't tell me yeah. nothing. Exactly. Okay, Deep so yes. right. No, when you go to a PDO nobody wanna hear you sing. Don't nobody care about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Don't nobody know who know a Mahalia Jackson is or no Kurt Franklin. You know what I'm saying? I know if I had gone to a fam, we would have been singing. It'd be like Kurt Franklin Day. You know what I'm saying? We would have been singing all of the dorms and stuff like that. And nobody would have batted an uh, eye because that's just right. what you do, yes. you know? It just would have been a thing. Yeah, would've would've been been a thing. thing. So yeah, if go where you're wanted go where you're supported and um you know that's that's all i can suggest but you know we it's about time for me to cook dinner i'm just wait uh running my mouth but clarissa <laughs> you are you are our guest and i know this is not the last time you're going to be on here for sure because i'm going to beg you to come oh, no, back i had a good time but anything else you want to say and leave with the audience today uh 
not really. This was a good time and a good topic. And I'm so, I feel so honored to, to be with you and connect. Like, this is my girl. And yes. we're, we're doing great things. Yes. You know, no matter what the path was. Yes. Um, right, so right, yeah. right, right. Definitely. Look forward to more memories with you. And I want to bring you back on. Anything you want to, um, anything, anytime you want to talk about anything going on, like with your, the work that you're doing now, if you want to spread the word about it, you know, please come back on. Uh, Jason and I are always looking for like, uh, you know, people to be on the show uh, because we just really started this because we spend so much time on the phone talking about stuff. It's like, why not start a podcast? Mm-hmm. Why not ever like yeah. have everyone else listen Amen. to the conversation? So again, yeah, if sure. I would love to have you back on just to talk about current events, just like go through a whole hour of just like current oh events. yeah, yes, yes. Like I said, we didn't get to talk about your conspiracy theory about Rihanna. So you oh know, oh yes, honey, yeah. She was like, time out, baby boy. <laughs> this baby coming out now. You gotta go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We can do a whole yes, a whole, we, whole segment a whole on that. segment on current events all right well don't be shy i'll be calling you back anybody else got anything you want to close out with no pretty good okay mm-hmm. all right well i better go before my kids start knocking on this door because i know it's about yes, to happen girl. yes girl yes yes well, yeah they want to be look they want to be fed too okay mm-hmm. oh i know right <laughs> they be begging me be like when we gonna eat i'm like you better eat that protein bar okay yes <laughs> so but i won't do them like that so all right well you guys have a great night and thank you audience for listening in on my girl clarissa uh goodlet i'll be sure to uh do you want me to link your social media or no in the show notes are you good sure okay awesome (laughs) i do i do instagram for work so i should try to awesome well i'll put i'll put your instagram (laughs) for your for your work that'll be good they can link into that or whatever and even though we ain't talking about nothing about economic development but anyway it don't even matter so uh That'll, that'll be that'll be on the on that'll the be the next one yeah where you talk yeah, about absolutely. you know your activist works because a lot yeah, of people equity hear, you know equity, all, that good stuff. all of that mm-hmm. so all right well you guys have a wonderful wonderful For saturday sure. night and thank you thank you clarissa we look forward to having you, you back yes thank oh, you for, it was a good time yes thank you for the journey and we will talk to you guys later all righty right. bye. bye take care bye take care. bye this train is bound creek station